This is episode number 139 with the one and only Adelan de Ponteves. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today, and now let's make the complex simple. Welcome everybody to the Super Data Science Podcast. This is episode number 139 with your favorite guest, Adlan de Pontevez. Welcome, mate. Hi guys, so happy to be here again. <laughs> it's so cool how you waved. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, today we're back together. What, 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 is this like your fourth episode? Uh, yes, yes, fourth this episode. is my fourth episode. Fantastic. And, uh, this time it, it is about blockchain. blockchain. Yeah. But blockchain. first, first, where are we today? We are in Switzerland, and each time it's funny. We are different places, right? Yeah, yeah. So first time I was, uh, I was in France. You were in Australia. Second time, uh, same. Yeah. <laughs> Third time, Portugal, and now Switzerland. Yeah, and um, we're in Switzerland because uh, we've got some something exciting that we're working on. We started an AI consulting business, and we're here with our very first client. Mm-hmm. Like we won't give away any details, but yeah, so it's something exciting that we're working on, and we're here. Very exciting and no worries, it is still about AI data science, so we have a lot of interesting things uh, coming up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and yeah, and today we're talking about blockchain because mm. we've got a Kickstarter for blockchain running, which you probably have seen somewhere pop up in your newsfeed somewhere. And uh, we've been super pumped, right? Oh, yes, I think this was one of the projects I was the most excited to, uh, to, to work on because I don't know, you know, all of this is fascinating for sure, but also we were learning. We were yeah. learning so much about this and we, we saw all the opportunities and we have a lot to share with you. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, making this, uh, building this new project right now, I'm on a huge wave of excitement, passion, inspiration. And, uh, yes, to be honest, this is one of the courses I've been the most excited to make. Yeah, for sure, man. And like, how long have we been learning this stuff? Three months, right? Like, probably from December. December, yes. So, so yeah, about a little more than three months. And uh, we've been learning so much every day, it's right? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I remember walking into it, like, I have had no clue what a blockchain was and so on. I actually found recently, because I was moving my stuff out from an apartment, as, as I always do, like, like these moves just crazy all the time. But anyway, I found my paper. Like I like I wrote down on a piece of paper the questions I had initially going into like the world of Bitcoin and blockchain just to understand it. Like and there were questions like do miners do non mining nodes get rewarded for uh, verifying transactions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then like for me those are legit questions at the start. And then when I found that paper because I was just throwing stuff away and I looked at it and I read them, I was like this is such basic things, you know, mm-hmm. like it's so interesting how how deep you can go in a couple of months, just like or even weeks going into a certain topic. That's right. And you will see that this will happen the same for you uh, right now. I don't know what which level you'll be starting with, but uh, in, in very few times, you'll see that you will get an expertise uh, much, uh, much stronger than you thought it would. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, um, you, uh, we've been learning for uh, three months yeah. about blockchain, and I think that's a very good thing to make a course because yeah. you know we we get through all the process of getting the details. Uh, we see what's important to understand, what's uh, uh, you know hard to catch at first when you get first into it, and therefore you know we've been, we are making this course right now. We are redoing the process of learning but teaching at the same time. And, uh, you know, that's very different from teaching a subject when you're an expert. Yeah. Because sometimes you can miss the important details of comprehension for the, the new, the new learners. Yeah. And, uh, this time, yeah, we didn't miss any detail and we got the most important details. Exactly. It's like, it's like when you, we know we're still very fresh. We've just been through that process mm -hmm. of learning it ourselves. So we know yes. where all the difficult parts are, where all the underwater stones are mm -hmm. and what to look out for. And that's, that's what we focus on in the explanations. And that raises an important point about education. Why do, you know, teachers have to have so much experience in the subject, so much expertise? You know, because sometimes, yes, that's what I say about the details. Sometimes they can miss the important tiny detail that is so obvious for them. But to share this to newbies in the in the subject, yeah. So yes, that raises an important point. Why why do the teachers always have to be such with a great expertise? Yeah. Okay. Well, before we go too far into okay. the world of education, let's get back mm -hmm. to blockchain. All right. So um, the question is like we've been hearing about blockchain all over the place, like Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies are on the rise, and and so many pro projects are starting with blockchain. It's always in the news. But the main question is like, why would somebody need to learn blockchain right now? Why is it an important um, investment of your time? Mostly time, right? It's because online you can learn things so cheap. It's mostly the investment of your time and focus. Why is it such an important thing right now? What do you think? Well, uh, two things. First, blockchain is going to be all around the world. It's going to be present uh, all around us. Yeah. So you need to understand it. Otherwise, you won't understand what's happening around you. That's the first thing. And then it's because it's crazy how many opportunities there are in the blockchain world, yeah. right? You can apply, we'll see, we will talk about this for, further in the podcast, but you can basically apply blockchain to a lot of industries, nearly all the industries. You can find an idea that combines the industry and blockchain. And for this reason, you have plenty of opportunities and you can apply blockchain to your passion, yeah. to, uh, to what you want to work on as a business. You can start a business. You can uh, you can leverage blockchain for your uh, actual business in your company and make a huge impact on it. So I think it would be it would be a shame to miss this this opportunity because there is a lot to do. Yeah, and I, I like your you constantly say like you're saying that like the wild west. Can you say that? Oh yes, I, uh, yes, it's my favorite favorite uh, <laughs> phrase about blockchain right now. Blockchain is the new wild west. It's like the internet in '93. It's, uh, you know, you have uh, a lot going on. Uh, it's not uh, it's not set 100% for sure. But, uh, you know, you, you have several moves to make right now. It's the Wild West. And some are good moves, some are bad moves. But I think that there's definitely a great move is to educate yourself, mm. right? Because the more you educate yourself, the more you will have a um, chance to make the right move. Yeah, exactly. And to follow on what Adlan said about the different... Uh, places where you can apply it. There's just a couple of examples. You can apply in logistics, real estate, food, transportation, health, finance, insurance, electricity, energy, pretty much anywhere. And we'll go through some case studies further down at the end of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We've looked some up and some that we, we're like ourselves that we'd like to share with you guys. Um, yeah, so and it's, it's a very, very exciting world out there. And 
I think like to to your point on how it's like the internet in '93. It's what I like also about blockchain is that, and unlike artificial intelligence, there is nothing super complex about it. That's right. There's lots. There's the thing is there's lots and lots of little things that um, con- constitute blockchain. There's lots of different inventions or lots of different concepts that go into blockchain. But none of them are extremely complex to understand. None of them have super complicated mathematics. So essentially, anybody can get into that space. If you, if you dedicate the amount, right, right amount of time, like for us, it took three months, right? Mm-hmm. But once we have this course put together, it'll be much faster for somebody. And that's our goal, to get people all, all around the world into this space. It'll be much faster to get into it. And, and then you, you don't have to have a super difficult mathematical apparatus to apply these things you just need ideas and you just need to execute on them so that's what i like about it absolutely you don't you absolutely do not need uh, mathematics you just need uh, some good sense and with this you can go really really far with blockchain Mm -hmm. Uh, you know in our previous courses okay we had some math uh, you know for example to uh, uh, cover the neural networks but this time it's really really different it's uh, there's uh, absolutely non-technical math and uh, and so, therefore, yeah, anybody can uh, make a successful uh, business in, into blockchain or, or make a successful blockchain transformation. Yeah. All right. Well, having said that, let's get started. What is blockchain? What's, what's the definition of a blockchain and um, how, like, we hear the word, we kind of understand a little bit that it's like a, a series of blocks one after the other. Um, but let's let's dive into a bit more detail. Do you, do you want to start? Sure. Okay. So before blockchain existed, uh, you could transfer, uh, you could you could uh, store informations uh, like transactions into a book or into a file, like uh, you know a file database. that you have on, a database uh, that you have on your computer. Uh, but uh, the problem with this is that you know the database could be modified. It was not a hundred percent secured. You could uh, hack it or whatever. And so blockchain was invented in order to store these transactions such so that they cannot be modified, they're secured, and, uh, and that nobody can hack them. That's why you have this trust component in blockchains in the sense that your information, the transactions that happened before, are totally secured. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so let's take the most famous example of blockchain, Bitcoin, and that's basically where blockchain is from. Well, in Bitcoin, you have the transactions between a sender, you know, the one that sends some Bitcoin and the receiver, the one that receives the Bitcoin. And all these transactions are stored into some blocks that are added one after the other. And, and so, um, and the way the blockchain is made, you you will understand uh, the, the, um, the the secret of, uh, of how the blockchain works. But the way it is made is that you cannot uh, change the history of the transactions yeah. happening over time. Yeah, exactly. And the way that that works is through a cryptographic hash. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and this is probably the key for blockchain. As soon as you understand this pr- this component, like everything else becomes much easier. So, a cryptographic hash is like a digital fingerprint of any collection of data. So, for instance, you could take a, take your name and calculate a cryptographic hash. It's always, well, if you take the SHA-256 hash function, then it's always going to be 64 digits long, 64 hexadecimal digits long. So it's basically just a number, a 64-digit long number, which is not in the decimal system, but in the hexadecimal system. So that's the way to think of it. It's a big, long number. And so you can take your name and you can calculate the hash. It'll be a 64-digit Number you can take, uh, you know, the the whole contents of War and Peace 
and calculate the hash will be 64 digit number you can uh, calculate the hash of a video over an audio of this podcast you can calculate the hash because ultimately this podcast for instance is a collection of ones and zeros so as soon as you put them through that cryptographic hash function you'll get this digital fingerprint which is a 64 digit number so the key here is that any collection of data has its own unique like again unique unique is a is a bit of a stretch it's not fully unique but it's almost unique like fingerprints People consider themselves to have unique fingerprints, but one in 60 million people will have matching fingerprints. And so uh, basically any collection of data will have a, uh, its own digital fingerprint, which is called a hash. And so the way the blockchain works is that you have data in, uh, in these blocks. So it's basically like think of a block as a, as you can, you can think of a block as just a file and, but they're all linked with each other. So every next block, has its own hash, but it also references the hash of the previous block. So it basically references the fingerprint of the previous block. And therefore, um, if you change anything in any given block, uh, any data, then first of all, its hash will change because you ch you tampered with the data and therefore the, the hash will be different, the fingerprint will be different. But also what will happen is the next blocks uh, uh, hash will change because it is linked to the previous blocks hash and then the next blocks hash will change and the next blocks hash so the deeper you are in the chain and the deeper in the chain you try to make a change the more consequences there will be in further blocks and therefore the harder it will be to make the change that's right yeah and then on top of that you've got the whole distributed situation where this this chain, a copy of this chain is stored on every single computer of every single person participating in the chain. So if you have a million people in the chain, you have a million copies. So in order to hack the chain, you wouldn't just have to hack one chain and then fix all of the blocks after the one that you changed. You would have to do that on that on on uh, at least um, like half of those computers. You'd have to do it on at least like five hundred thousand computers all at the same time. So it's basically impossible. It's basically impossible, and yeah. that's the that's the essence of blockchain. That's why it's it's so um, secure. It's not because it has a super secure algorithm behind it. No, it's it's security through numbers. It's like safety in numbers because there's so many participants. The more participants there are, the harder it is to hack it because everybody has a copy and they're always synced with each other. So as soon as you hack one it uh, syncs with everything else within like a split second and it, it erases the hex copy and replaces it with a, a copy that's correct. And therefore, um, yeah, so it's basically, it's a very simple system with a very direct hashing algorithm, which is which you can look up online, but which is distributed across millions of nodes and therefore that gives it, it its security. That's how it works. And that's why we said that blockchain is a distributed decentralized ledger yes. and the ledger is the fact that you know it stores the information data transaction mm -hmm. all exactly. around exactly exactly so yeah that that's pretty much all all we all we need kind of need to know about the the how how the blockchain works mm -hmm. and but what you said about uh, hash uh, cryptographic hash and uh, the fact that it's uh, decentralized distributed leads to uh, the miners they yeah. are really uh, 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 the subject of conversations when we talk about blockchain. What are the miners? Oh, what do yeah. they do? How the what, what what does that mean that a miner 
you know, mines a new block to get some bitcoins. Yeah. You know, these are uh, like secret people that, <laughs> that, were, that live very far from us, but yeah. we don't know exactly who they are and what they do. Yeah. Do you want to say a few words on this? Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite topics. Yes, me like, too. It's pretty <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, well, well, I was always like that, like thinking, why, how do these miners work? Why is it such a mm-hmm. big deal? And then once I found the truth, I was like, whoa, this is so simple. So basically the way it works is that inside a block, inside any individual block, you have the number of the, the block number, you have the data that's stored in the block, which can be transactional data or any other data, but in Bitcoin, it's a transactional data. And also you have the hash of the previous block. So that's three components. Once you take all those three components and you put them into the hashing function, you will get the hash of the current block. So that's the fourth component. And basically mining is about finding, like cal- calculating that hash. And if, but it's not that simple because if it was that simple, it'd be like, why, what's it all about? We just need to calculate a hash function, which takes like half a second to do. That's all there is. But in reality, there's an actually another component. There's a fifth component inside every single block and it's called the nonce. And nonce is, stands for number used only once. And it's basically a number which you, which doesn't mean anything. It's a number that you allow, you're allowed to change as a miner. You can change it. And that essentially changes the contents of that block. So you cannot change the block number, you cannot change the block data, uh, you cannot change the previous hash, but you can change the nonce. And by changing the nonce, you're effectively modifying the contents of the block because you are modifying the nonce. And so all of those four components now go into the hash function and that's how the new hash for the current block is calculated. And the goal of mining is to find a nonce which will generate a hash that starts with a certain number of zeros. So it's either four, like we could take four zeros right now in Bitcoin, it's uh, the first 18 numbers have to be zeros um, for that number to be accepted. So basically, uh, in short, what was happening is miners are iterating this little number, the nonce, basically they're going through millions and millions and millions and millions of iterations of that nonce in order to find such a nonce, which is called a golden nonce. There's multiple different golden nonces that would be acceptable, but they're just looking for one that will generate a hash for the current block, which is small enough. Why is that done? The only reason why that's done is to create this cryptographic hash hash puzzle that miners need to solve in order to uh, be given the right to add that block to the network because as the network grows you have more and more miners and how do you decide who gets the right to add the next block well it's done through this hash puzzle so whoever has more um, computational power will win this uh, race so it's basically like a lottery they just keep picking it up and speaking of a computational power we must uh, specify that uh, you know, if you want to become a miner, you would need a, not only one super powerful computer, but several of them. And there are actually some uh, warehouses of uh, like, I don't know how many, like tens of computers. They yeah. uh, all connected to each other to mine a new block and get some uh, whatever cryptocurrency. Yeah. And so that, that's, yeah, that's crazy power is, is, is required. Yeah. And the way that like, like the way they, they create the, the superpower is not by taking like a supercomputer. The way they create the superpower in hashing is by taking lots and lots and lots of um, machines which are just de- dedicated for mining. Yes, in a warehouse, for example. Yes, it's crazy what they have. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, the, it's important to know uh, how, mi- how mining works. And we, we talk about this in our course. Yeah. And um, so, yes. And 
actually uh, what you said about the the zeros that must start uh, are called the leading zeros and that's what we'll implement in the modules oh yeah you, yeah you, yes. you're doing that in the coding side of things. yes that's really cool because i yeah you're doing you're doing four zeros four zeros yes just yeah. two so that everybody can uh, mine it yeah yeah so it's not too difficult <laughs> no and so the, the more leading zeros you are required yeah. the harder it is absolutely right? yes and that's how the bitcoin monster policy works 18 you said 18 18 right now yeah. yes. when i checked last yes okay well so that's that's kind of like a, a quick taste for what blockchain is if you feel that it's a bit uh, like it's a bit um, unclear still um there's lots of resources that are available uh, apart from this, of course, course that we're creating, if, uh, if you just want to find out about mining, um, you know, like I'm also, I'm also hoping to publish a blog on Medium very soon, writing one, that one now, actually about, specifically about mining because uh, it's such an interesting topic. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, let's move on to, from technicalities, let's move on to why blockchain is so powerful, right? So you mentioned, uh, which one did you mention? You mentioned trust, right? Mm -hmm. So it allows people to trust each other. Um, another one is intermediaries, right? So let's let's talk about that. What about yes? And you know, it's uh, it's funny or not funny, but when someone asks me what is a blockchain, I always start by saying that uh, the principle of a blockchain is that it it removes an intermediary mm. because you know. Uh, let's take the Bitcoin example again, for example, uh, you know, when uh, you exchange Bitcoin, you you do not actually need a bank to uh, check. Uh, if the sender sends the Bitcoin to the receiver and vice versa. Yeah. So the principle of a blockchain is that there is no, you remove the intermediary in the process. Mm -hmm. And uh, therefore, in the blockchain system for Bitcoin, there is not, there is not any bank or inter intermediary checking the transaction. And uh, so that's the important component of blockchain, uh, which is called disintermediation. Mm -hmm. Did I say correctly? <laughs> <laughs> disintermediation. Uh, okay. And um, and so that that's an important point to 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 get. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. And like I I like to take that example further to exchange of uh, products and goods. Uh, and so, for instance, if you take uh, eBay, right? So eBay is an intermediary that sits in between buyers and sellers. Why is e why does eBay exist? Why can't we just buy and sell with each other? Why can't we uh, host stuff? Uh, I don't know, like on on a uh, wh why does eBay take a fee? That's the main thing, right? Like, why couldn't eBay just exist as a place where we uh, say, like, we have this, I want to sell this, and somebody wants to buy it? So, well, the main reason why eBay takes a fee is because they take some of the risk. And the risk is that uh, if you send money to somebody and then they don't send you the product, well, that's then eBay is there to deal with that. So they will... Uh, either follow up with that person or they will refund you your money and so on. And so they're taking a fee for being that intermediary which guarantees that trust. So you you don't you can't just trust anybody on the internet. You can't just go and buy something from somebody you know. That's why eBay is there. Um, well, with blockchain, you can replace that because uh, what you could do is you could write up a smart contract type of an escrow thing uh, on blockchain. And uh, if somebody... Uh, sends uh, like somebody wants to buy a product then the money goes into an escrow first and then only once the product is shipped it uh, after a certain condition is met then the money will be released and blockchain can facilitate something like that so you could disrupt ebay or amazon with blockchain uh, because and why would it be like more lucrative for buyers and sellers because it wouldn't require any fees it would just happen we just run in a decentralized manner on everybody's computer around the world like collectively 
uh, making a super world supercomputer rather than on the Amazon or eBay servers. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's important to understand also about uh, intermediaries is that um, this uh, this particular component. Uh, solves the double spending problem. Mm. It's the fact that uh, when you send uh, an object, you know, by email or like a, a document uh, to another person, you have actually a copy of that document created. But with money, if you want to send money to someone, you cannot create a copy of that money, right? You know, otherwise, you would get this double spending uh, from both sides. And this uh, blockchain uh, intermediary component solves that problem by uh, with uh, all this technology. Yeah, because it's it's a Uh, it's very clear. It's an immutable ledger. Nobody can change. It's very clear who who did what, right? Like as soon as a transaction is posted, that's it. Like uh, it, it's clear that money went from here to here, and the, and then therefore that person no longer has that money. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Um, then so, yes. Then uh, we have a, a third component, very important to uh, understand as a pillar of blockchain. It's uh, transparency. And so Kirill already mentioned or explained why there is this transparency component. It's because uh, all the nodes in the blockchain system, you know, that is decentralized, are uh, uh, can see actually the blockchain. You know, the 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 blockchain is publicly available for all the nodes in the system, so that everybody can see it. And actually, everybody can get the Bitcoin blockchain on their computer, which is actually right now two gigabytes. So somewhere around there. So, yeah. yeah, somewhere around that. Uh, so that they can all see the transaction. So this is publicly available, and therefore there is a hundred percent transparency in the in the system. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah. So basically, uh, like whatever data goes on the blockchain, everybody has access to it, and that's uh, that in- increases that or guarantees that transparency of the of the network. Yes. Another one is security, but we already talked about that. That there's no way to change anything on the blockchain because you would have to hack into like millions of computers worldwide you would have you would need to have an infinitely powerful computer in order to uh hack hack yeah, the blockchain system exactly uh and also another cool one is it's permissionless or borderless uh like those two come hand in hand basically you don't need anybody's permission to send uh money for instance, on Bitcoin, to somebody else. You can send it around to anybody around the globe without actually um, you know, uh, making checking with the bank how to send it, can you send it, um, and maybe you know, there's some certain uh, restrictions on where, my, where funds can go and uh, where your bank can, can make the transaction or can't make the transaction and with, with low fees and so on. You don't need anybody's permission. It's because it works rather than on servers, Uh, it works through a ledger that everybody in the world has or like lots and lots of people in the world have. Mm. And it's borderless, same thing. It's like there, there is no borders for blockchain projects running on blockchain because they are running on computers of people around the world. Yes, and you don't have uh, your bank in a specific country from which you send money to, to another person. This is all around the system in a decentralized system and that's why it's borderless. Yeah. All right, so... The, as we can see, like there's a lot of really cool uh, advantages that blockchain has over traditional systems, yes. uh, such as servers and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so and, and the way people look at it is that uh, we had what we had internet version 1.0 when that's when just you had basic like website and you had like some text in it, maybe some images and some hyperlinks. Then with the advances in JavaScript, 
what happened is now we have web 2.0. Now we have all these flashy websites where it's very interactive, very clicky. Uh, you can talk to people like on, on chats as soon as you go on a website. Uh, it's, it's very, very much, very different to what the web was in the 90s or even at the start of the 2000s. And with blockchain, we're moving to a new web, which is considered to be web 3.0, where websites are going to be on the blockchain. For instance, like Twitter, um, what, what we see right now is a client-server type of interface where people are accessing websites like Twitter or where there's Amazon or even Facebook. You're accessing them. What are, you, what are we doing? We're opening up our browser on our computer and we're going to uh, a server which hosts that page or hosts that information, which is a Facebook server or a Twitter server. And we're getting all of that data from there and we're interacting with them. Well, that's Web 2.0. In Web 3.0, none of that is going to exist. Like if this blockchain phenomenon really takes off as it is now, as it is promising now, what will happen is all of the information, all of your Facebook information, all of your Twitter information, and all this, all these things, they don't won't need centralized servers anymore. They will be using the world supercomputer, which comprises of individual people's laptops and through the blockchain technology that will all be linked up and everything will be happening on blockchain. So there won't be a company that holds these centralized servers where you know they have control over everything and that's why they can um, advertise to you and make a lot of money from your activities on whatever it is, Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. If it is all hosted on blockchain, it, is all, it all belongs to people and therefore we can um, you know, have zero fees or, and not make everything free. And also, we can not have any advertising and so on and uh, have control over our own data and our own, um, you know, systems that we create like that. Yes. And uh, by just what you say, we can see uh, tons of opportunities because you just mentioned an example of a, a, a centralized system that is about to be decentralized in which will be Internet 3.0. But uh, you re we realize that there are other tons of centralized systems or centralized processes in diverse industries and therefore if you apply that same reasoning to these other industries processes that are centralized well using blockchain you can decentralize them and make them even more efficient and that's why there are tons of applications and opportunities in blockchain yeah yeah totally do you, do you want to go through a couple of them yeah sure okay so um, so we got we got uh, the, that example. Like we've got one in-depth example we want to walk through with you guys, which is real estate, and then we got a couple of uh, specific case studies of how blockchain has been used. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to start? Well, let's start, for example, with uh, real estate. Yeah. Right. So um, today, um, when you want to buy a property, a house, an apartment, well, you will put that information of uh, you know the fact that you are buying the property and the, the property becomes yours, you're going to store that information somewhere. And uh, it will be in, uh, uh, in you know, the uh, city hall or city council or something like that. And, um, and therefore, this information that is stored is not only centralized, you mm -hmm. know, it's somewhere. And uh, besides, um, you can still modify it. You know, if uh, a hacker manage manages to delete that information somewhere, well, that house won't be yours. You will lose uh, the ownership of the house. And uh, with blockchain, well, you can you can apply blockchain to real estate in the sense that you can store securely this information, the fact that you bought this new property, and, and in a way that you will always own the house because uh, this information won't ever be deleted because it will be secured safe in a block. Yeah, in blockchain. yeah, exactly. And and uh, 
it's um, it's funny because like with these uh, councils and these uh, play, like government facilities where they record who owns which property, still a lot of the time they, it's not just a database that you need to hack into, which is still possible, right? Or or like delete something, modify. They still some of them use papers, mm-hmm. like they That's use right. like a yeah. book. Yeah, the, a book. Yes, that uh, they put uh, safe somewhere, but still, it's not very safe. It's much less safe than. Yeah, the, it could the, like burn or something. Yes, it could burn. Uh, it, many things could happen to it. You know, you could uh, tear the the page that contains uh, the information, the specific yeah. information that you bought the property, and then yes, you you, you no longer own the property. So yeah. that's not the safest way to uh, record this kind of information. And like I've heard crazy stories that, for instance, in uh, uh, in Fiji, because of all of the hurricanes and all of the natural disasters that they have there, um, like these these records, these databases have been so damaged that it's all like it's really hard to tell whose property you're living on, like <laughs> who the house belongs to. Um, what else? Like in South America, I don't remember exactly which country, and like don't don't quote me on this number, but I, I remember that it's a, there's a huge percentage, all like as far as I remember, like more than fifty percent in a certain place that that of properties that don't have the correct title. So people think they own a property, but they actually don't. And one of one of my favorite examples is during the GFC, the global financial crisis, the Bank Bank of America would rock up to. Um, properties and do to do a foreclosure to like close it down to get the money you know, to take over the property and so on to rock up to properties that they actually didn't give a mortgage for so oh. they, they had no right to do it but because these records mm. are so wow like insecure un- unsecured uh, and non-tamper proof that happens yes uh, that's a it's a crazy story and do you know how many uh, transactions of properties uh, over forty thousand uh, pounds happen in the UK How every many? day it's it's around a hundred thousand per, per month per month yeah yes and so imagine with this yes that, that's over like three thousand transactions per day yeah so imagine with that number of transactions happening per day imagine the number of mistakes that is made you know crazy it, it must be pretty 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 high high yeah. I think and so this blockchain system applied to uh, real estate in the UK would definitely decrease the number of mistakes and it would uh, uh, yes, we would not have this kind of problems ever. Yeah, and I think I actually read a paper that I, I think that you no, I don't remember. No, they're trying it in Sweden. They're trying it in Sweden. already. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's it just makes sense. Yes, right. Absolutely, it's so secure and so and tamper proof. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so hopefully that puts it in, into perspective, like how blockchain can disrupt, like a centralized industry which isn't even like com- even commercial it's not like amazon or facebook it's just uh, a government facility that where all of this happens um and still that's an example of a physical something you see in the physical world which is centralized um let's talk about some case studies of how blockchain has already or has already been used in certain places right yes okay we've got what we've got four we've mm-hmm. got a medical example we've got a file hosting example We've got a supply chain example. We've got an energy example. So very diverse industries. Sit tight. Grab a grab a coffee or tea if you're not in the car <laughs> or on your bicycle, and let's let's go through them. So this one probably this one. This year, you yeah, just, let's let's just do this one. Let's start with the health industry. So you have this um, 
this very good blockchain, I think, yeah, potentially. Oh, yeah. Disclaimer first. Right? Disclaimer first. Okay. That, uh, the, some, like, oh, the ones we're discussing here, they're supported by crypto, uh, by tokens, right? Mm-hmm. And so ICOs and stuff like that. We're not discussing them for those reasons at all. And um, we're just looking at them as case studies. So if you, like, we're not promoting for you to invest into these tokens whatsoever. Uh, and moreover, we encourage you, everybody to be careful, right? Very careful. Uh, you, you know, it's uh, very risky. It's actually uh, even riskier to invest in an ICO than to buy some cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So be careful. We're, we're just, yes, we're just uh, thinking which blockchains could have some potential and which ones are, you know, good ideas to be applied in diverse industries. Yeah. All right. Okay. So do you want to start with the health industry? Yeah, let's go. So, yes, there is uh, this blockchain called Medical Chain. And that consists of using the leveraging the blockchain system to um, record all the information of patients so that doctors can access them in a much more efficient way uh, than uh, the way it happens today. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you, ha- you can have this, uh, this app which, uh, which can uh, connect from long distance a patient with a doctor. And using this blockchain technology that will secure all the information of the patient, they can exchange and they can consult uh, a doctor from uh, a long distance mm-hmm. and um, and again uh, it uses all the pillars uh, of the blockchain we mentioned it uses sec- security of course the information of the patient have to have to be secure you know yeah. you have some uh, very private information um, there is what there is trust of course uh, transparency no <laughs> uh, not everybody will. So you, you, this, this is an interesting. Interesting. Model. Yes, you know, you don't need to have all the pillars in every blockchain. Yes, and and more, and also very important. Like, well, what uh, these people that create these projects, they really have to think through how to do it. So you're probably sitting there and thinking, wait a second, why would I put my medical information on a blockchain if it's transparent and everybody has a copy of it? Mm-hmm. Well, in reality, what would happen? And like one of the solutions to this situation is you don't actually put the medical information on the blockchain. The medical information is still stored uh, in the centralized database. But what happens with what, what the blockchain is used for is it will have pointers to your medical information. So you will have uh, cryptographer, cryptographically secured pointers towards your information. And what the blockchain will record is who you provide the key to this information. So uh, basically, if you choose a certain doctor in a certain hospital and you say, I want that doctor to see my uh, medical information, then the blockchain will record that from this moment on, the doctor has been given your key to access this information and they will have access to it. And then if you decide to take away the key, then again, there'll be a record further down in a blockchain which will take away the key. And that's where, that's what the blockchain will guarantee security of those permissions, yes and no permissions for people to access. And as Adlan mentioned, it's uh, like, it's really great. It's really cool that it will allow doctors um, from remotely to remotely access your information. But even think about it, if you go, if you're in one hospital and you treat in one hospital for like five years and then you like or clinic and then you move to a different location, different city, you go to a different clinic, how hard is it to move all your medical file? Really hard. Really hard, yes. And so with a, with a blockchain solution like that, you, it's just a matter of, you know, scanning one barcode and all of a sudden now, now all these other doctors have access to your information. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And um, then we have a, another industry, which is, uh, well, not an industry exactly, but file hosting. File hosting. Well, you know, you explained how we're going to go from Internet 2.0 to Internet 3.0 by uh, going from a centralized 
a system to a decentralized system. Well, the, th the same thing can happen with file hosting. Right now, the files are, are hosted in a centralized system, in some servers, um, uh, you know, somewhere. And using decentralization and using uh, the other pillars of the blockchain, you can have a much more efficient way to host the files and uh, store them. And again, they will be secure. You know, some files are absolutely confidential and uh, cannot be shared. Well, thanks to the security and, uh, and trust pillars of the blockchain system, you will not only uh, host uh, your files in a much more efficient way, but in a much more secure way where you can trust the system. Um, so the name of the blockchain for this is called Sia. Sia. And uh, I don't know, do you want to say a few words about this? Yeah, very interesting. Like I read a few, uh, like I read a blog post by the founder of Sia on, um, on Medium. And yeah, very, he's got an interesting perspective on things. And like the idea behind it is like, it's like kind of like Uber, but mm -hmm. for your hard drive. Like how many computers out there, how many laptops exist out there? Millions, right? If you've not hundreds, probably hundreds of millions. And how many of these laptops have in, in aggregate, how many, what, what is the total unused storage capacity on uh, hard drive and solid state drives across these laptops? Like it's petabytes. It's, you know, thousands of terabytes of data just sitting there. Like if you look at your laptop right now, just go into the settings and see how much you're using. I think I have like 20 gigabytes free on my laptop, right? What if I allocate, you know, one or five gigabytes of that to a system like SIA and I say, okay, well, anybody can store some of uh, their files here and, and uh, you know, I'll get a fee for it. I'll get you know, a tiny little fee paid for it. And that way people can store data like that. And, and again, the challenge in front of the people, in front of the blockchain developers or designers or the people of the idea is to how to use blockchain. Obviously, I don't want a virus on my computer. Obviously, I don't want anything illegal stored on my computer. So what they have to do is come up with a way that, you know, maybe the file gets split up into uh, separate, three separate parts and these parts get stored on different computers. Also, they have to come up with a fail-safe system that, you know, like what if my laptop crashes there has to be additional copies of that data on other laptops. So it's really interesting. Like blockchain is, is kind of like a framework, is a foundational part. And then on top of that, you, you have an idea of how to apply it. And, you know, in the medical space, you apply it in one way. In the file hosting space, you apply it another way. And, and uh, the cooler your solution, uh, the more thought through it is, the more people will back it, support it, and the uh, higher the chance it will take off. Absolutely. And then there's this other idea, which I absolutely love because it's about, it's about supply chain. And I've worked so much on supply chain in my engineering school. And I know. Really? What yes. Did, what did you do? I didn't well, know that. You know, in, in France, uh, you study every subject. Uh, yeah. And supply chain is a big uh, field of engineering. Therefore, you have to study it uh, in case That's one so day cool. you have to optimize something that is related to supply chain. And uh, there is a lot of work actually to do in supply chain. And it's, and it's all about optimization. So that, that's the problem. You have to optimize the path of a process. Uh, and, uh, and the way to do this is absolutely impactful with, with blockchain, thanks to blockchain. So I'll give an example and I'll give this uh, example of blockchain that is uh, having a great idea to uh, optimize uh, this kind of process. It's provenance. So why provenance? Provenance means uh, where does a product come from? Oh, really? I didn't know that. You know not? Yeah, it's actually a French word. Uh, but, um, oh, yes. that's why they call it provenance. That's why it's called, they, they call it provenance. And you know how today when you buy a product, for example, a fruit, an apple, or some coffee, 
you you don't always know where the, where the provenance. Yeah, you don't always know where it comes from, uh, and that's because you don't have this uh, uh, history of uh, the process of how the components were added to each other, where they come from exactly. And so you can, we can directly understand now how blockchain can make an impact on this because since blockchain consists of storing the information, the transactions of a process uh, or, a, or a flow or a path in an industry, well, we, we, can, we can directly see how, where, where, exact, uh, where exactly the components come from. And so if you, if you go to the provenance website and if you look at uh, uh, the process before and after, you, you will see that uh, the customers are uh, first connected to the manufacturers and then there needs to be a certificate verified between the, some other manufacturers before it gets to the final consumers. And so that's, that was before. That's, uh, that's the actual process. But what's process. happening now, right? Yes, exactly. It's what's happening now. And therefore, it's not an optimized process because if you manage to connect you know, the first customer to another manufacturer without, uh, without having to follow this unique path checking the, cert- the certification of the product, where it's coming from, well, you can optimize the process of getting the product and getting the information of where the components of the product come from. Yeah, so blockchain basically will give more transparency to this whole system. Absolutely, you will be able to see the provenance of the components of the product you're consuming. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely like living in a world where people are more and more concerned with uh, you know, is uh, is this an organic fruit, or is mm-hmm. this is this the coffee from the country that I, it says it's from, or is this I don't know, like is this uh, cotton that my shirt is made from? Is it is it like, or was this shirt made in a sweatshop where the people are working for very low wages, or was it made in a proper shop where people are respected for their labor? You yes. know, like in in a world like that, this is a really cool application. People Absolutely. are becoming more conscious about these things. And you can uh, check the, yeah, the, the health of uh, your products, you know, because, uh, again, the health industry has a lot to be improved and uh, it can directly be improved with this solution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, and so our final example. Final example is Power Ledger, a blockchain used to disrupt the energy market. So solar panels, right? right? Mm-hmm. We've all seen these solar panels. Um, and... By having solar panels on your roof, you can produce electricity for yourself. But you can also, if you, what if you have extra electricity? Why can't you just sell it back to the network? Or even better, sell it to your neighbors and create your own little economy in your neighborhood where some people produce more electricity on certain days and on less on others. And people share electricity with each other and they do it um, you know, through, like, by exchanging electricity for uh, funds. Well, all of that can also be coded into a blockchain. Absolutely. And there is, again, this uh, pillar of uh, intermediate, uh, intermediaries that uh, comes into play. It's because uh, when uh, you uh, consume some energy, well, uh, an industry has to generate this energy for you, this electricity, and it actually goes with an intermediary. And so, as you said, if we're able to uh, you know, uh, sell the energy directly without uh, coming uh, through uh, an intermediary, well, again, that would be even more efficient and that would save a lot on the cost of yeah. the energy, which yeah. we must do because, uh, you know, there are some uh, env- environmental environment, environmental concerns yeah. about this and uh, this would help a lot. Yeah. Oh, and, and then you could combine <laughs> you could combine provenance with power ledger. Oh, and, yes. And you could come up with, like, even listening to this podcast, you could come up with a blockchain that certifies where the energy came from. Absolutely, right? yes, that's a great idea. Is it nuclear energy? Is it mm-hmm. coal energy? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, green energy? Is it solar? Is it 
Uh, water, you know. Yes, yes. Soon enough, we will have team of blockchains. Man, let's make... go create this. <laughs> that's that genius. sounds like a genius idea. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you're saying we'll soon we'll have a team of what? Uh, yes, uh, the, soon enough we'll have n not only one blockchain but yeah. a team of blockchains yeah. making a super powerful system yeah. that uh, really optimizes things. Yeah, and and so we use uh, in the course you're coding on Ethereum, right? Mm -hmm. In Solidity, mm -hmm. and so. Ethereum, that's the whole idea behind Ethereum, right? That to create this world supercomputer, which which all these applications are now based on blockchain. Which uh, and th therefore it's it's an attempt to um, empower or like like facilitate this infrastructure for Internet 3.0, mm -hmm. right? So uh, tell us, tell tell us, how does it like feel coding on uh, Solidity and Ethereum? It feels so amazing because for two reasons. Yeah. The first one is that you know uh, it's actually easy. Yeah. And um, it's actually uh, you know very um, uh, inspiring to see that everybody can will be able to do it. You know, everybody will be able to code blockchain, whatever the experience, the prior experiences, yeah. and that's we that's what we are realizing right now at the time we're making this course. It's that uh, the big difference between our previous courses is that you don't actually need some complex theory to implement what you're building, that is uh, all the things around blockchain. And therefore, that gives us the opportunity, the opportunity to really follow the, the logical path of how uh, creating a blockchain, because we can focus our comprehension of what we're doing while coding in the, onto the blockchain. And that's, uh, and that's really, really inspiring because, uh, you know, um, yes, everybody, everybody will be happy to see that they can build a blockchain uh, even if they don't like or even if they don't have experience in coding. Mm -hmm. And the second reason? And the second reason is that... Um, uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, Go ahead. I got lost. Uh, the, what was the question? What's the, you said there's two reasons why you, it's so exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so, so exciting. Um, and the second uh, reason... Because, uh, you know, it's like that, that's, uh, that uh, saying that in order to be successful, mm -hmm. there's two rules to be successful. Mm -hmm. Rule number one, never give away all your secrets. Yes. And then rule number two, they just leave it empty. Ah, okay. Because you shouldn't, because of rule number <laughs> uh, one, yes, you yeah. shouldn't give away rule number two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, what, what I'll say then about blockchain uh, developers, why I think it is exciting, so I'll, I'll fill number two, if you don't mind, is because... It's growing so fast. Like right now, if you go on upwork.com, which is the biggest marketplace for freelance work in the world, blockchain had a growth of, I think it was like 5,000% uh, over the past year. It's, it's the one of the fastest growing um, in terms of demand, one of the fastest growing, um, what are they called? Professions mm -hmm. there. And so people more and more people are moving into blockchain, becoming blockchain developers in order to for, um, accommodate this demand, in order to help organizations that are looking for blockchain developers. And I think it's a great time if you're looking to um, like learn a new skill, blockchain developer developer on your resume will will be very highly rated. If, if this trend continues, blockchain developer will be very highly rated in the years to come. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second reason why it's very exciting, <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly remembered, yes, is that um, you can really uh, see what you're implementing because you have a lot of uh, user-friendly interfaces 
that allows you to see what you built and mm. in a con- concrete way. And uh, we, we, we highlight this uh, in the course. We, we really make a demo of what we're building so that, you know, you can really have a look at what you built. And yeah. sometimes you cannot do this because it's too abstract or it's yeah. too complex. But here you will really see in action what you make yeah. at each section of the code. Okay, so the, tell us a bit about the structure like of the, of the course. Of the course, okay. So three first, sections, right? Yes, it's in three sections. First section, we start by building a general blockchain. So we set basically the pillars of a blockchain so that we can change it to adapt it to any purpose, mm. right? So we create a general blockchain. And um, that's what we do. And therefore, in uh, you know, in the blockchain, you have the blocks, and in the blocks, you have some data which yeah. you want to secure or which you want to record in the ledger. So we don't put anything in the data so that we can adapt it later. And that go that comes to the second module. In the second module, we take that first blockchain built in the first module and we adapt it, we change it, we develop it, we decentralize it to build a cryptocurrency. And uh, you'll see how it is quite easy to go from the first general blockchain, which was totally general and not specialized to anything, to this cryptocurrency. And you'll see how we can easily develop it to make it a cryptocurrency. And besides, not only we make a simple blockchain, but a decentralized blockchain. And speaking of the demo, we have a demo where we show how we can interact with each other, exchanging the cryptocurrencies we make. And by the way, it's called the AdCoin. (laughs) (laughs) AdCoin, yeah. Yes. And, um, and so, you know, th- this course is like a story because the third module is the, the, the last part of the story. It's the last part of the journey because we take this ad coin built in the second module, the cryptocurrency, and we may, we build a smart contract to do an ICO of one million of these, uh, cryptos. And so, yeah, the, you know, and that's exactly what we do in module three. We implement a smart contract that will make sure the ICO happens in the right way, you know, in the secure way without any fraud. Yeah, and smart contract is basically the way to code in Ethereum. Yes, we implement the smart contract in Solidity, which is inspired from C++, but linked to Ethereum so that you can, for example, buy some tokens with Ethers. Yeah, okay, awesome. Um, all right, so that's, that's a good rundown of the course. Uh, if anyone's interested in the course, I uh, hope you like this overview of blockchain features in the course, uh, you can find it find on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, just search just search for it there um, yeah and that's pretty much it anything else yes well I couldn't uh, stress enough that uh, we were so excited to uh, yeah. to work on this uh, this project it's not finished we are making good progress but uh, we are really into the middle of the wave of excitement and uh, it will be uh, the perfect uh, wave to make a course yeah yeah for sure uh, it's going it's to be epic um, but in any case, uh, just look out for blockchain, look out for these opportunities and see, just see, see them when they come. This is an exciting time to be alive. It's a new, uh, a new era that's coming and blockchain is empowering it. So be on the lookout for opportunities that come along. Blockchain is the new wild west. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks guys. Hope you have a great time and talk to you soon. See you guys.